Have you ever heard a strange noise in the middle of the night? Ever seen something you couldn't quite explain? What's that? Ever been visited by a loved one in a dream? What are you? Psychic mediums Katie Manning and Michelle Lyons Polito talk about it all. Welcome to the Psychic on the Scene podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another exciting episode of Psychic on the Scene. And um, I'm so excited. We have a guest back that is a fan favorite and one of our favorites from Haunted 518, Juliana Haliti. And um, Jules, thanks for coming. Very excited <laughs> to you. have you here. And you're having a good hair night. So um, it is. Our, our listeners can't see, but just I want to comment. Good hair night. Yeah, um, good. So I'm so excited because Michelle really pushed for this and uh, yes. I'm actually going to turn it over to Michelle to okay. intro tonight's topic. Tonight we are talking about who killed Hazel Drew. Um, it's a local cold case. It's probably one of the coldest. Uh, it happened in 1908 and she was a local uh, young lady. And I, uh, at the end, I'll share some of my personal experiences with uh, her life and her afterlife. But um, from here on out, I, I just, I've had a lot of personal connection to this. So I'm so super excited, but I'm going to hand it over to Juliana. Because she's done oh, wait, but it's, it's got history. It has murder. a mystery, a murder that's never been solved, which is, nope. you know, we love the to true day. crime, um, which I think that's like an oxymoron. We love true crime, but, um, <laughs> you know, so, we, and, and we know of hauntings that are associated yes. with Hazel. Yes. So, yes, Jules, go ahead. Yes, well, thank you so much, ladies. First and foremost, I just wanted to again say from the bottom of my heart, just uh, sharing the microphone with you two, you're so incredibly inspiring. I just wanted Aww. to say yet again, oh, a big yeah. virtual thank you hug. Um, <laughs> I've been looking forward to this all week. So, hello, everyone. Um, I was super excited when you asked me to be on to talk about this because, like I said on my episode, um, so I wanted to just tell the listeners too, my episode is episode number 33 on Haunted uh, 518 if you want to check it out. But what I prefaced my episode with by saying is that I was totally surprised by this in my research. I knew nothing about it. And I just, me too. I, I just was like, that's so cool. It was so cool to come across such a big thing unexpectedly. I lived oh, on yeah. Taberton. I lived on Taberton Mountain. So. Oh, that's, oh, that's why you know about. Well, yeah. so when, Michelle kept saying it and kept saying we got to have somebody. Even before wow. talking to you, right? Michelle oh, kept know. saying we got to have. We got to cover the the um, Hazel Drew murder. Hazel Drew murder, and I kept thinking I've never even heard of this. Then a week went by, and it came up again, or yeah. she brought it up again. Then you're on. And I think you mentioned it. You mentioned I it. think so too. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Bizarre. Wow, anyway, that is bizarre. So, yeah, oh, I'm excited to hear about. Back. Yeah, Michelle, I'm excited to hear about um about your experiences, like especially experiences. because uh, Taberton Mountain comes up a lot in the research, and yes. that was fascinating. So I figured we would start with just a little, like I did in my episode, I just wanted to set the stage for like, what did Sand Lake at that time look like? Really right. get into the mood of like turn of the century, late 1800s, um, <laughs> early 1900s. And at that time, it's so funny because so much has changed now. And I was just having this conversation with one of my colleagues at uh, the university I attend, who's not from the area. And so they were saying like, you know, the 
the way that the Troy area and Schenectady yeah. area especially seems kind of like depressed a little bit. And I said, yeah. you wouldn't believe that was like the premier spot a hundred yeah. years ago. So basically in the late 1800s, like turn of the century, early 1900s, Sand Lake was a premier vacation destination um, for those who could afford it. It was pretty like affluent in that way. Nice. And um, it was especially the summer destination because I'm sure, Michelle, you can attest to this. I was looking it up there's not only is there um teal pond where hazel is found which we'll get into there's crystal lake crooked yep. lake glass lake reichard's lake and several burdens lakes yeah there's, there's three burden lakes we actually yeah. um our family has a camp on the third lake oh wow is there three total for the burden yes lake? yeah and actually burden lake it's called burden lake it used to be kind of a little town and they actually kind of oh. like Sacandaga, they dammed it up. Oh, interesting. In order to that. power the burden water wheel. Oh, wow. How how was that like within the last 50 years? No, no, that was back um like turn of the century. Oh, wow. Oh, that's fascinating. I did not I grew up I was born in Albany and grew up in Clifton Park and oh. I was just so caught off guard by so much I learned and and still from you I'm yeah. continuing to learn about that area. That's awesome. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm, I'm sure a lot of the listeners know the the town named Averill Park, and mm -hmm. that actually comes from a gentleman named James K. Averill, who was a lawyer down in New York, New York City. So he actually is the one that's responsible for connecting uh, along. He, he basically created the Averill Park stop that was along the Troy and New England Railroad. So that basically connected what was then affluent Troy um, directly on the railroad. And that was directly responsible for allowing Sand Lake to flourish at that time, really gave people the ability to. And I read somewhere, I thought this was really cool, at the Sand Lake stop, and the, or I'm sorry, the Averill Park stop, you could walk to all of those lakes that we just mentioned. Yes. It was all walking mm -hmm. distance. And I, in my mind, I'm thinking they're miles into the wilderness or far no. away. Um, so I thought that was so cool that you're just like a few steps away once you get off that trolley or train stop and uh, you can be like really living it up at the lakeside and, and probably yes. um, a tire that's not very at that time not very lake uh, appropriate. Oh my god. <laughs> dresses. Heavy layers of in the summer. In the summer. Exactly. In the summer. Yeah. <laughs> no, pretty ripe on that trolley. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> So basically people settled in Sand Lake to work the land as either farmers, um, they were mill workers, they were loggers, and this one I thought was really interesting, they were also charcoal merchants. So um, yeah. one of the suspects kind of has to do with the charcoal uh, mercantile industry, so I thought that was interesting. Um, and then moving on from there, the, the big connection and the big reason that this has kind of come to light again is because the the TV show Twin Peaks is now what I would consider a cult classic. It's definitely it got a is. cult following for That's sure. That's another one. If nobody has watched that on Netflix, yeah. that was a '90s classic, mm -hmm. and it was one Fantastic. of those ones with that was way before the series on Netflix that yep. you can be watched now. They yeah. it was gripping. Everybody was watching it mm -hmm. and waiting every week to see yep. what clue or information would be 
given about the different characters. Oh, I love that. But it was like every week. Yeah. So everyone talked about it at work. Oh, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it was definitely a water cooler show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that show started in 1990. I was uh, quickly looking up earlier today because I was like, I want to actually have a timeline. So the original two seasons were like 1990, 91, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then that third season, which you just mentioned, Katie, is all the way in 2017. So the 9091 are just so classic. And mm -hmm. um, I really enjoyed watching them. I'm actually only through season one. So I don't have I don't I don't know um, what happened yet in season Laura two. Palmer. But um, <laughs> but the basically where this is such a fascinating thing. This is where it all comes together. The creator of that show, uh, Mark Frost was his name is mm -hmm. his name. So he grew up um, in, basically on Taberton Mountain on Lake Bowman, and um, he grew up with his grandmother just basically telling him this story of what happened to Hazel Drew, and it really was a means to just basically scare the kids into behaving so they yeah, didn't walk like said, yeah. dangerous things or themselves get lost or walk down a dirt road by themselves and on a late at night so um exactly. it was kind of but it also was true and it also was a big uh there was a lot of hoopla around it at the time it made the newspapers so um national newspapers yeah yes yeah i think yeah, so telling her children, her grandchildren, uh, around bedtime, the spooky story of poor Hazel, what happened to poor Hazel, um, and basically what he found growing up was that um, he was told, in short, that Hazel was found face down in Teal Pond, mm -hmm. that's at the bottom of Taberton. Taberton Mountain. And I have a quote from Mark Frost that I wanted to read because I just thought it was uh, a beautiful uh, summation of kind of like what inspired Twin Peaks. So he said, it was the notion of this girl's body being found on the edge of the water, the mystery remaining unsolved, the multiple suspects, and the kind of cross-cultural different social classes of people she interact with interacted with. Mm. Um, so that's really what like piqued his interest in, and uh and the character, I'm sure everybody's uh, that knows Twin Peaks is aware of Laura Palmer is the character um, that uh, she's based off of Hazel Drew and you meet her uh, in episode one of season one, unfortunately, um, right. she's very, very similar circumstances. And um, I was reading that 19 basically 1908 sand lake was really similar to this um twin peaks isn't a real town so it's a fictional northwest town um but it's sand lake and this fictional town of twin peaks shared many similarities a few being waterfalls sawmills hotels and really colorful characters and <laughs> mark uh talks about in an article that i was reading he talks about how um growing up uh, and I'm not sure, Michelle, if you had this experience, but growing up around like Taberton at that time, there was like the drunk that lived down the street, like oh, yeah. crazy eyes that <laughs> lived in the cabin that nobody ever saw. And they were Absolutely. like super colorful characters. And I thought that was so awesome, so funny and so awesome that they basically came to life in this TV show. They did. Uh, and yeah. I, I think in every generation, there's that character. It's just <laughs> different name. <laughs> Maybe yeah. same last name sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> definitely. 
and basically some people started to call um, the, some people started to call Sand Lake the Northeastern doppelganger of its Northwestern fictional counterpart of Twin Peaks. So they basically oh, became wow. like, those towns became doppelgangers in, in, uh, in um, the audience's audience's eyes and um yeah so that pretty much brings us to actually hazel's story which is like the best part of all of this um she was born on a farm in east potenskill new york and um she moved to troy at the age of 14 uh to become a domestic servant for them directly for the mayor and um then she worked her way up to governess so governess and domestic servant don't mean them mean the same thing and i think sometimes people can get that a little confused but governess Mm -hmm. is like a little bit higher up you don't do as much of like the dirty work so she started at 14 with the mayor as a domestic servant and then she worked her way all the way to governess and that was under the roof of an RPI professor named Edward Carey and at the time of her death she was only 19 so and she had like just literally like within I believe it was like 24 or 48 hours quit her job at the Carey house which we'll definitely Mm -hmm. get into Uh, but she was only in Troy working moving her way up as such a like a teenager a young young girl um, just for five years and um just to get the basic, off that farm. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so basically the timeline goes as such for what happened with her. Um, so leading up to her her murder, basically the recent months, her travels became much more frequent to New York City and Boston and even beyond to these like right. cities that it took money to go to. And you probably needed to know people with money when you were going there. Um, and interestingly, her wardrobe became increasingly more fashionable at that time. So mm-hmm. people were kind of, it was on people's radar. It was definitely stood out, especially for someone on the salary of a governess. Um, and then the day before she was, mur- uh, the day before she was murdered, um, on July 6th, 1908, the wife of Edward Carey, Mrs. Edward Carey, the house she was working in of the RPI professor, she basically asked Hazel to do the laundry and Hazel Hazel said, F you. (laughs) I am not doing that. That is a job for a domestic servant. So she then just says, nope, quits her job. I think around like, it was like 1045 in the morning. and she said, basically, the job doesn't usually include this, and that's for a domestic servant, and I'm not interested in it. And and Mrs. Carey and more people totally thought that was a strange thing to quit over something so small. I mean, even mm-hmm. today, it seems even smaller, but I would imagine back then that maybe there was a little more of a... Uh, merit by hazel acting that way maybe being like that isn't my job but Mm -hmm. if even the people of the time were saying like that was pretty small thing to quit your job over that definitely raised some red flags too um right so then basically what happened is the day she quit she uh decided to make her way over to troy to see her mother and where she slept that mm-hmm. night of July 6th and like who she saw besides her mother and where she slept that night is a mystery. There's no documentation of where mm-hmm. she ended up. I would I would have thought it would have been at her mother's house, but there was definitely um, no information about that. And the mother right. verified that that's not where she spent that night. And um, she had a whole four But they hour- make it sound like, hang on one second. Yeah. Um, just to interrupt the things I've read, which again, 
back in the day and there's no um you know we don't have cameras everywhere yeah it sounded like kind of like the girl from twin peaks that she'd been um quietly living a double life Mm -hmm. the entire time and like you said she had funds one of her girlfriends said in a statement she was a good saver and apparently of that era it would have been very challenging to travel dress and save um and so it sounded like um she was quietly or being promised and she like that she was going to have a a future with somebody and she was really like a kept woman she got exactly. her pocketbook stolen at one point or lost her pocketbook while they were traveling in New York City. And the girlfriend oh, said there was no, like, she didn't have a care about it. Like, everything was still oh. taken care of and they ate out extravagantly. Mm. That is super interesting. I did not know that. That's, that's that was part of this statement from the, mm-hmm. the actual case of it, like the testimonies. Mm. And I thought, wow that really does make it seem like this young girl nobody really knew her no one knew yes absolutely yeah that's fascinating did your parents seem strangely disinterested in her yes i thought so too michelle i thought there was no passion about it It was kind of like yeah the only one that did in her family i'm completely like tromping on this with jules but the one that did was her brother her brother seemed hurt. Like he really felt somehow oh, responsible because he thinks that she was walking to him to say goodbye when she was snatched. Oh, right. oh, we so were so close. There was no sad. way my sister would have left town um, mm. or left the job without yeah. saying goodbye to me. Oh, so sad. And that's I didn't, in see, I didn't know that. He was in, ta- so he was in on Taberton Mountain, the brother? Around um, I'd have to look it back, but yes, yeah. it was. He worked on. I think wow. he worked on a farm. Working on his uncle's farm because she had stayed yeah. at the uncle's yeah. house. That's what yep. I read that she was headed to the uncle's farm. So that makes sense. I didn't um know even know anything about the brother. So I'm so glad you brought that up. That's even more fascinating that you have testimonial from a family member saying like that's uncharacteristic. That is not. It, there's all these like things that are going gone. on exactly right. yeah all these weird things like the nice clothes and i mean yeah. like it doesn't necessarily mean murder might come of it like that's you know she's got something going on we get yeah. that but yeah that's really interesting that the i'm so glad that there was that and i also didn't know the parents were like kind of disingenuous in that way that's super interesting well and it, it took the mother a while. especially yeah right. Oh yeah, God. the moms especially, it just seemed like, but now culturally, did I find anything that she might have been um, an immigrant oh, or she, she couldn't like, maybe, maybe they didn't have fluent English. Like there's nothing stating that, but that's of that era where there's a lot of people that were um, migrated and they kind of kept to themselves or they kept to, um, like if they were of Polish descent, they oh, stuck with all sense. people. So maybe there was something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They, they, I, I didn't see anything about that. When we, when we, well, we're definitely gonna go up to uh, the graveyard where she's buried, and I'll tell you why I know where that is. Um, because there's a family stone there. Maybe we can see how how far back yeah. the generation goes, generations wow. go. So. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Road trip. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. 
All right. So I'm sorry. Continue. No, don't, don't apologize. That was fascinating. Um, I was just going to say, so she basically had like a whopping $4 and 50 cents in her pocket that day from what, um, what was the salary that was owed for her from Mrs. Carey and Edward Carey. And then I did find somewhere um, that it said that she actually also borrowed two, a whopping $2 from her mother that day. Um, so that's interesting that what you said about the mom and her giving her money and that kind of being whatever role that plays. It's just interesting that the mom lent her money that day um, yeah. of all days. So she had like a a whole six dollars and fifty cents apparently in her pocket when all this happened which went pretty far i'm sure back then yeah. um and another fact that i found that was interesting was that it they said that she checked a suitcase into um the storage area at yeah. troy's union station that day yeah. um it's just a, a fascinating little fact and then she took the train from albany to troy around about one and a half hours uh, after quitting the carries uh governess position and and then she was spotted this is interesting too she was spotted two times in troy on tuesday july 7th very specific time frames between noon and 1 49 pm there's two eyewitness accounts and then she spotted twice on the Taberton Road mm -hmm. um, in Sand Lake between 7 and 7.30, so an even shorter time frame, which was pretty fascinating. And then basically cut to, um, uh, I, you know what, you guys might know a little bit better. I found her, that her body was found, I found two dates. I found July 11th and July 13th. I and I was the 11th. The 11th. Okay. Cause I was curious. So basically the next thing after she was spotted on Taberton road was that her body was found on the 11th yes. and, um, Oh, fascinating. So July 11th, 1908. That's great to know because yeah, that extra 48 hours, if it was the 13th, didn't seem to make sense. That was right. a long amount of time. Um, <clears throat> and the sad thing is that, um, so there was no water in her lungs. That's the saddest part. So she's, oh, yeah. Right clearly killed the two big things where her head was crushed and yes. uh, a corset string they didn't I don't know if you if you read but it didn't say did. it was necessarily her corset but it said a corset string was tied around her neck so I'm not sure if that was her oh, I would assume it would have been right I saw, right off of her when I had read that they they thought it was her corset string but they weren't mm -hmm. sure but they think that uh during the time period it was fashionable to put a corset string around your neck Oh, that's so, super interesting. Not not to take away from what you're going to say, but she it was July and she was in the pond for a couple of days, a few days. So she kind of bloated. So the, the string oh. appeared tight around her oh, neck. Oh, that's interesting. That the, makes total sense. It probably wasn't tight when that's she right. had it on. I used and to there like didn't tie seem to be, if I'm it. correct, I read some of it too. There wasn't any sexual assault, correct? Not that they um, detected. They, they couldn't they tell. There were two different uh, people that looked into that, and it's mm -hmm. interesting. The quote was, "She was a good girl," saying that oh, she was that's a virgin. Interesting. But then another person says, "You couldn't tell because of decomposition, because there was there was a thought that maybe she was pregnant, or maybe she'd had an abortion, or maybe she yeah. gave birth because she spent yeah. some time up at her uncle's farm." And they weren't sure why she was quote unquote sick. And that was the Oh, that's interesting. Do you know in all my research that never came up? And that was my first assumption is that 
she has, she had somebody she got pregnant by somebody that did not want that to come out into the open that's it just I had think. that gut feeling and it was like that's so sad of all the things to lose your life and lose your life in that way for and the mm-hmm. baby on top of that but I yeah I'm glad you said that Michelle because I actually I actually put down um sexually assaulted as like a question mark because I didn't kind of find anything definitive one yeah. way or the other so that's that's really fascinating to know yeah, there were two different medical examiners who both had uh, opposite, they had opposite opinions of one another. So it was oh wow, inconclusive. Okay. Wow. So I just thought that I think that, I'll be honest, I think that if that had been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt, then they would have been able, I think that would have been more of the lead on that. Right. Yeah. But not just a dead body. I know because yeah. of the time it was so in women's um virtue was so important that um if that had been part of her attack i think it would have been um able to be discerned and and they would have broadcasted it it just sounded like it was vicious and um what kind of an attack that she was bludgeoned so cruelly um around her head and face that it was a very passionate right attack yeah totally an act of passion with that yeah. much force being used and yeah that's so sad because the just like you said it the case became a newspaper a national like you mentioned michelle national newspaper sensation and i mm. totally agree if that if sexual assault had been um per, had been proposed, it would have been like exactly it would have been somewhere in some article um, right or a headline for sure People yeah that's fascinating <clears throat> That's pretty much what I have on like the story part. So if I, if you have anything from um, your research, I have like the list of suspects that, that I came across. Oh, that's what I want to hear. Get into that. (laughs) It's kind of funny. Um, Michelle, was there, or or either of you, was there anything else like with the events that I might've missed? Well, I I think it was interesting because uh, her family, uh, her trunk was also sent to her family. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, interesting. The one um, that was in the choice After storage? the fact, Michelle, or prior? Yeah, I can't remember now. I think that maybe during the time that she was, before they realized that she was dead and missing. Oh. During that time period is when the trunk was sent to her family. And they're like, oh, why is this being sent to us? And then within the yeah. trunk, there's a bunch of letters and whatnot. And there's that, is it her aunt or her cousin, the person that she traveled with a lot? I'm pretty sure it's her aunt, her aunt, aunt. Minnie, I think I yes. have her name written down, Aunt Minnie, I believe. I think she knew, she knew who killed Hazel, but she never yeah. shared, and how could you not take care of your niece? Aunt Minnie, yep, yeah. yeah, yeah, I wrote down one of the rumors I have is that her Aunt Minnie refused to cooperate with the Troy's district attorney, yeah. and she even told Hazel's friends to, like, shut up and be quiet. Yes, yeah. that was that's like, so suspicious. I have, I have information i think i get psychically about all of that oh share it oh my gosh i really believe i'm gonna i'm gonna say it now i believe she was killed by a woman and that she did have a lot of men because she was beautiful even Mm -hmm. for the time there isn't a person that would say that she was not absolutely gorgeous yeah Um, yeah. so she was definitely a head turner and Mm -hmm. i think she um got the envy of another woman either their husband their beau 
because I guess even uh, like she had many proposals mm-hmm. and um, one was even for, uh, they could never track them down, but it was a dentist. The dentist in yeah. Troy. Yeah. yeah. The dentist in Troy. But <laughs> I have a feeling because of the way that is, I have a feeling that she, it was a woman that killed her wow. and then the body was dumped and it was an act of, an act of passion. Yeah. Wow. Jealous. Stay away from my man. Age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the suspects is the dentist, but he's not only is he a dentist, he's a married dentist that she was ah, like purportedly. It was um, they didn't say his name, but it was an unnamed married dentist from Troy who actually allegedly proposed to her, too. That was the rumors. Yep. So yep. that makes sense. I got chills, Kitty, when you said that about it. being. I think married. I, I am sticking to it because every time I read any of the information, I'm like that. That's a woman. Yeah. That's, that's a woman that did that. A man, it would have been more um, hands-on. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And she would have been assaulted. A stabbing, it, right, yeah. or sexually assaulted. Not to say that that would have happened all the time, but there would have been yeah. a different kind of brutality. That yeah. where she got hit in the head and then the person didn't stop. That's mm. a, that's a woman. That's a jealous rage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. With a man too, you would think like if she was so irresistible, there would have been some sort of anger towards like her beauty. I know that happens a lot yeah. in these right. cases that they're just how dare you be so beautiful and drive me so crazy. And um, I totally agree. I think it would have her body would have shown something else. Either be it either the way she passed like you said stabbing or something or sexual assault perhaps but yeah that makes I never thought of that and and all the suspects are men I have a list of like I think because like seven or eight and they're all era, men. other than Lizzie Borden literally yeah era, it was so rare to have a woman yeah. it still is for a woman to be yeah. like a killer or a serial killer yeah um, but that I think that definitely i think it's a woman i think it's either the aunt and like you guys said she knew and then yeah, maybe that's... the aunt was jealous over somebody yeah oh. um because if they were traveling companions and and just mm-hmm. got sick of her shit um, <laughs> or it was somebody that was close enough to them that um she struck passion with the other person's partner and mm-hmm. it just made a jealous rage it's just so weird how did they know she was on Taberton road yeah and why exactly. did she act like she was eating raspberries during because when they did the autopsy there were no raspberries in her stomach yes you know, absolutely passed and yeah, so she was picking one the raspberry of the, one of the things that came up in john holzer's documentary mm-hmm. or like drama documentary was um the people he interviewed to get that film so he made a film called who killed hey uh yeah, Who Killed Hazel Drew by John mm-hmm. Holzer. And um, he interviewed several people that said the same thing. They said the, the, the question was, do you think Hazel was aware of the power of her beauty? Mm. And um, that was a, a, a recurring thing that kept coming up. And it's it, it's so crazy to think that so, she's so young. It's like, to, do you even like at 14, even 19, that's now I'm in my mid thirties thinking of, 
I, I think I might might have had my wits about me when I was like almost 20 in my 20s, but 14, I was like, well, I was thinking about like what I was going to eat as a snack after school, not like the power of my potential beauty. Oh my God. Not that I like looked like Hazel, but I was like, no, everybody, everybody at that age is just going, do you like me? Do they like me? I don't think anybody likes me. <laughs> That's it exactly. I'm going to go eat some Doritos. I don't think anybody likes me. Um, I don't yeah. know. Maybe that was just me. No, no. I have a 14 year old and we're going through that same thing. And it is, oh, still, yeah. it is still Doritos. I have to tell you that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's an answer for something. I think, you know, that question you just asked, did she know the power of her beauty? I absolutely do. Yeah. I think that um, in a lot of ways, they were groomed to be young adults, very young and grow yeah. up. They obviously they married much younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so true. She was was getting things and knew enough to keep it private, confidential. Mm -hmm. And I am sure that the aunt who knew because they were traveling companions was also a benefactor. She Mm -hmm. would have benefited when they were traveling together or dining um, and kind of would have used her beauty. Now, if the aunt had decided that she didn't like that she was like, say she was, say Hazel was running off and trying to escape that life, that situation they had going. Yeah. And the aunt found out and was like, oh, hell to the no. Yeah. Cutting off like her, her little source of, you know, that thought just popped in my head. Maybe Hazel got pregnant by one of them and that meant it was going to stop. And the aunt got mad about the fact that like now she was going to lose her beauty or her body to a certain degree at least temporarily and then this was going to come into play and maybe the aunt like hired someone or had maybe she didn't um perpetrate it but maybe she instructed someone to or paid someone to that just kind of popped into my head too like I never thought of that that's so fascinating that's my whole premise of it so I have or what one, I think. two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have like nine, nine suspects. They're all men. The first one is Frank Smith, who was the farmhand on the uncle's farm. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is Rudolph Gunderman, and he's a charcoal peddler. So just right. coming back to the charcoal <laughs> merchants <laughs> of the time. And I, I just love the idea of having to peddle charcoal for a living. <laughs> exactly. And both Rudolph and Frank saw, um, they were reported to have, there were witnesses that knew they saw her the day in Troy, the day before she disappeared. Mm-hmm. And then this one is just ridiculous. It sounds a little ridiculous. It, it just could be anybody. It says a dark complexion man spotted on the trolley with a girl resembling Hazel. Um, the, then the next one is my favorite, the unnamed married dentist from Troy who allegedly <laughs> proposed to her. He, we don't know who it was, <laughs> but he was mm-hmm. smitten. And then Edward Carey, he came up as a suspect, the employer, the RPI professor um, mm-hmm. when she was a governess. Um, and then this was interesting. I don't know. I'm sure you read this. Uh, so the uncle the that she was walking back to the farm he was said to have been melancholy and suicidal. So he was reported to be melancholy yeah. and suicidal. Yes. And he lived right near Teal Pond so close that the police actually had him help, had them, had him help them pull her body out of the pond, yeah. um, oh, which fast, he was so close when it happened. 
Um, and then this one was, this one's funny too. It's a little vague. It was just a stout man with a florid face spotted near <laughs> Teal Pond at the time. Um, so maybe someone that had a little too much to drink hanging out. Um, and then uh, this is where the mother comes in again, and I'm sure maybe the aunt might have something to do with this, but the mother was suspected as saying that there was a man, some man, they couldn't, there was no name, but he was like basically trying to quote unquote hypnotize Hazel to control him, like by either giving her things, he just basically wanted oh. her as his own, but mm -hmm. they never, the mother never names who that man was. Um, and then yeah, the weird. last one that I came across was, uh, verbatim it said the half-witted son of a sand lake widow who was rumored to be a torturer of farm farm animals in the area so that that came yeah. up also um well, and that pretty well, do, much, what was the name of i'm sorry what was the name no, of that one um that it, there's no name it just says the half-witted son of a yeah, sand lake the, widow rumored to be a torturer of farm animals so yeah. no names I think honestly, Frank Smith and Rudolph Gunderman, Edward Carey, those are the only ones that you know the name. And then other than that, you know the uncle. I don't, I never came across his name, but uh, the uncle's the only one you actually know the person. The other ones are just like characters that people had right. seen kind of. But that's why it was probably so fitting for the, the show or the um, ad mm. adaptation for Twin Peaks. Yeah, you know, the lady with the log yes. and and, the, right. and right. the little person and yeah. um, the mayor. It was, vague. it was vague. The worst part to to me is that the the she her body was found by a bunch of kids that had been camping out in the woods. Oh, I didn't know that. That's fascinating. Yeah, I guess it was a real popular spot to camp out for like the oh. neighborhood kids, and they had seen something in the pond like a day or two before, but they thought it was um an oat bag you'd get uh oats in like large almost like linen bags and what mm. she was wearing was the white waistcoat um and so they thought oh uh, like that blew onto there so i think they may have slept two nights next to the pond on the other side where while she was dead in the pond and wow. then the one boy walked home and looked in and realized it was a person and she was face down um oh, wow so then he ran and got help and that's when they pulled her out so can you imagine knowing that you wow. were camping next to her I, dead body oh my gosh that's crazy yeah. how old were those kids michelle did they did, ah. did it say about like in their early teen like like 12, like i think 13? like 12 13 14 that yeah. wow that's crazy i always think about like what 12 would be today 12 is more like 19 or 20 yeah. just because of like you said people married to younger you had to grow up quicker didn't live as long so it's fascinating right. i think that like 2000 2000 well 1986 juliana <laughs> what, what, <laughs> my 13 year old self in like 1999 would have been uh a lot well more mature had to have been at that time yeah. i can't even imagine that pretty right. much we we pretty much covered all the rumors like about how she uh she really liked to travel but was definitely traveling above her means on a mm -hmm. on just a governess's salary um, right. about the fact that that dentist supposedly proposed to her um there was another rumor that i found that she was also that was being circulated that she was also seeing a wealthy man from albany as well and yes. you actually mentioned in that trunk michelle that was fascinating you said there there were a lot of letters in there mm -hmm. one of the things i read was that um they said it sounds like a 
it sounds like um, kind of like just a funny thing to say, but in Hazel's case, it was true. They, in my research, one person said, you know, she had a lot of letters from a lot of different men. And, and I think on the surface, you could take that as like, she's seen a lot of guys, but no, I'm like, no, she literally had a lot of letters from a lot of different <laughs> men in her trunk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because she- That's the other thing, they kept them all. Like, it didn't matter. It was almost like um, kind of a show or a badge yeah, like beauty. look at these letters that I yeah, have. Yeah, like the more letters you had, or like a trophy. Or, like yeah, a trophy. trophy. That's a perfect way wow. to put it. And so that's why, even if she had no interest in them, that she would have kept them, kind of to flaunt it. So yeah. who was she flaunting it to? If she was traveling yeah. with the aunt all the time. Oh, that's so true. Was the trunk, Michelle? When you said the trunk was sent to her family, was that what was put in the Troy? No. Uh, station storage? No, at the Troy Station storage, that was her suitcase. Oh, that's right. And, and that had clothes, like clothes in it, uh, seasonal clothes. And she checked mm -hmm. it in there. And supposedly she took the trolley from Troy to Albany. And she was looking for somebody. Interesting. And then, she, and then she came back and she paced and she waited some more. And that's when she took the trolley out to uh, Sand Lake. Interesting. And I then who she was waiting for. Yeah, that's a good question. Oh, the guy. Wow. And well, maybe maybe the aunt said, "I'll oh, don't worry, I'll take care of her." Because they yeah. they acted she like she was ready to go, and then it didn't. Yes. Happen. Yes. Or yeah. was it was wow. it a wife uh, or a fiance, a fianced yeah. um, girlfriend mm -hmm. scorned, and she had manipulated it to get her there oh yeah that's said, oh no meet me stood up. yeah yeah oh Jeez. that's fascinating i'm so glad we had this conversation about this because i there was so <laughs> i just learned so much but also just the like the possibilities of what might have happened i wouldn't have come up with with half of what you're saying so i that's really fascinating i i do i i think it's super fascinating aunt minnie was like such a jerk and she refused to cooperate um the only other thing that i found uh, really was that the investigation also reportedly ended really quickly like the police made yes, it a point I, to mm -hmm. to kind of wrap it up quickly and yep. so that i found that fascinating i didn't find anything more than just that little fact about that i think they um, were I, I still think there was someone high up in, in social uh, circles and they were trying yeah. to make it stop yeah before anyone got well, implicated again keep in mind this is just kind of like the jack the ripper where there had been supposed royals connected to it mm -hmm. all that would have had to have been because of the scandal of that era all it would have had to have been was somebody whispered to have had an yes. affair or connection not even if it was a genuine thing Actually that maybe happened. had met once yeah. or twice but if that was going any further in an investigation, it would have been made public. It would have destroyed an entire so family's reputation mm. if they found out that the, the person even had sent a letter saying, like the one was saying how beautiful mm. she was in the letter. And, right. um, wow. you know, like she's, like she's made him paralyzed. And this is like one of the things <laughs> I read. So if that had been a government official and keeping in mind that, Albany, especially at the time, was, and still is, I should say, was really the seat of, of a lot of governing. Yeah. And a lot of 
certain important people live there. Totally. If she had caught the eye of one of them and they were, their letter was in there. Oh my, that would be wow. a reason why somebody would say, and now it's got to be shut down. Right. Do, do we know, are the letters like still in existence today? I don't, I don't think know. so. I didn't see anything about that. I don't think so. I don't even think the clothes are because they oh, had wow. that separate. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm going to have to read the book again. Yeah, I'm going to have to get that. Pretty long. If you book. look that up, I would love to know that if one of our listeners is a huge buff on that um, history in that area, would love to know, um, get some mm. feedback about that. If they still have the bag, if they somebody still has the letter, if there's yeah. still family in existence within that area, which there yeah. probably was if they had a farm right. um, that can say, oh yeah, she was my, you know, great aunt. I wonder if the farm is still there. It's a good it's question. Yeah, that's but, fascinating. Because the cemetery's up off of, um, oh, is it, oh my gosh. Uh, I can't think of the, going up the Post and Kill Road there. Um, Plank Road, there we go. Uh, so, I mean, I had some weird experiences. I had a bunch of experiences with Chris, uh, with Crystal. Jeez, Hazel, that's weird. That's my son's girlfriend. That's not good. <laughs> but uh, ghost experiences with Hazel without realizing it was her until oh, okay. I read the book and I put all the pieces together. I was getting all these clues. Whoa. My first experience with her energy was when I worked at the Crooked Lake House. And yep. it was it was Brown's Inn back then. And if you read the book, they, they talk about um, they were pretty sure it was her and another young woman who showed up to use the phone at Brown's in late one night in the summer, and they were dressed scandalously. And, you know, it's hard to understand what they're saying. It's almost like they had their undergarments on and then men's coats over them. And they were trying to make call. They were making calls to get someone to come and help them. Um, and then oh. there was a rumor, I think it's called the Alps, you know, out that way, like so the Alps family camp campground, like heading east towards Massachusetts and Vermont. And they said that there was a possible sex cult there. Yes, it was in one of the writings. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So oh, wow. they think again, it ties in with the Twin yeah. Peaks thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So and that's up because Crooked Lake is further east. You're heading towards like if you're going skiing, you're okay. heading east um, okay. on Route uh, 66. And I think that's where 4366 are, are together and you're passing Crooked Lake. Well, Brown's have that that there's we talked about ghost stories with the, the Crooked Lake House before, but I worked at the Crooked Lake House and I helped to reopen it. So I was there wow. um, sometimes in the main floor, just me. <laughs> so, and we were cleaning through things. And whenever I went into the bathroom, the women's bathroom, there was someone, there was always someone in there with me. And I would, I was like paranoid at this point. I would look in each stall. There was no one there. And the second, you know, sat down and got, got to, down to business there would be movement. The doors would be swinging. It sounded like someone was like moving the seat. It sounded like the water was on even though the water wasn't on. And I couldn't wait to get the heck out of there. It got to the point where, you know, once we were up, up and running for business, we didn't like to go in there by ourselves. And so that was my first, but I didn't know her name at the time. You know, I was, wasn't really, you know, she's not really, she's not a very vocal ghost just to oh, know interesting. okay and then <clears throat> i ended up uh buying uh, getting a horse and i moved to posting so i was living close not far from where her family farm 
supposedly was. And so I, we would keep our horses in a, a winter pasture in a lower, like near Averill Park. And then during the, the summer, we'd ride them up to a summer pasture with a lot more fields and green. We'd go past, and every time we'd go by, my horse would freak out and try to break into this old cemetery right on the road. I mean, ridiculously really? so. And that's, you, you, okay, do you know I had a hip replacement three years ago? It's because I yeah. kept getting thrown off my horse. That's where it was happening. Oh my wow. God. And I was thinking, what the hell is wrong with this horse? I mean, there's grass oh. everywhere. Cause I was thinking maybe the grass looks really good in there. And I actually got off of him and led him and he leaned against this like little wrought iron gates. I can't remember oh. what the name of the cemetery is. But he's leaning, leaning against it. So I walked around the edge and let him do a little grazing. And then he was happy to go on. Happened every time. Well, oh. and I'll tie it all together at the end. And then um, I end up buying a house in Troy. Well, the house that I first owned on Hawthorne Avenue in Troy was built in 1899. Okay. Wow. We, even my two older children would see a woman in a dress swooshing down the front stairs because it's a two-family oh. home. We owned it and we rented out the bottom. Up, wow. We lived upstairs, a big sweeping stair staircase. She'd swoosh down. And at night you, you could hear, you know, that that, that sound of skirts swooshing around the corner. And there were various ghosts in that house. That's why I do the clearing work I do is because of living in that old house, which is a fantastic house. And then um, move forward to my youngest son is an actor. Uh, he did the Adventures of Snow White and Rose Red. Well, the young lady that was in that who played Rose Red said, I am in this movie called uh, Who Killed Hazel Drew? And it happened out in West Ham. Like, I'm, oh, my God, I've heard of that. Wow. <clears throat> because I had heard the ghost stories that, oh, you don't go into the woods at night, you might end up like Hazel Drew. And if you listen closely at the window at night, you can hear her crying for help from the pond. So it was, these are the stories that you hear around the campfire when you're, when you spend time out in, in Rensselaer County. So I get the book. I'm like, oh, I can figure this out. Well, I start reading the book and I realized that she had, she was the ghost in the bathroom at the Crooked Lake house. Yep. Wow. Okay. That was her. And why was she there? That was the last place that she was, that she was asking for help. So she, it's not that far of a walk from where her body was to where the Crooked Lake Brown. I was going to ask that. How far is the Crooked Lake house from Teal Pond? Uh, a mile or two, I think. Oh, wow. I think you can cut over. You don't have to go back down Tabor and you can cut over. I think it's Glass Lake Road. I can't remember the name of the road. They, they keep changing the names because you can cut right back down. <clears throat> which I, you know, we used to ride our horses around. Well, there I have, a, I have another question. Um, yes. And I don't know if you can answer and if, and please to our listeners, um, hopefully they don't think I'm so naive. It kept saying that she was supposed to be making her way to Lake George that week. And that's, that's yes. one of the things that she had mm -hmm. told friends yep. that she was meeting somebody mm -hmm. in Lake George. Mm -hmm. Is it possible? Is there a waterway from Lake George to where she was found like crooked lake I don't or think into so. that area or is that completely separate completely separate yeah okay. i think separate um because that it said that um she had asked i'm just looking at some of the information again i mean you could take the hudson river north but the what the waterways wouldn't connect i don't even think the erie canal would have connected that okay yeah. it said <laughs> that she she was planning on leaving told friends that she was going to lake george that she was meeting somebody Mm -hmm. On the Friday before 
um, 4th of July. So that was the 4th mm -hmm. of July weekend, which would have been a, a busy weekend anyways, all through that region. Right. She had asked the dressmaker to commission a new shirt. Yes. Um, and that she had paid in cash mm -hmm. and it was close to 11 o'clock and the woman made it, Mrs. Shoemaker, mm -hmm. um, made the, the top for her, which eventually she was found in dead. Yeah, that was the one because the that woman the identified top. it. Yeah. But they said Ooh, she wow. packed her things and she quit. And when the bag was found in the bag, which sounds like, I mean, this sounds like a sexy weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> her suitcase was packed with undergarments, a toothbrush, a nightgown, a comb, a handbag, and a Japanese kimono robe. Ooh. Oh, so to, wow. and it said in the handbag it contained a heart-shaped locket a handkerchief and a personal from the troy newspaper saying edward lavoy i'm probably not saying that right oh. has departed from chattanooga tennessee where he mm -hmm. will be all remain all winter wow. so maybe that was just happenstance but those items don't sound like somebody that's leaving town for good right yeah. sounds like a girl going yeah. to have you know a romantic so weekend can. yeah <laughs> and maybe she doesn't need more than that because she'll get married and he'll buy her all new stuff right <laughs> right but she wouldn't have she was traveling light let's wow. let's yeah. put it that way right <laughs> so that oh. also makes me feel like she, yeah whoever it was she knew or it could have been a ruse to get her someplace. And um, yeah. and like you said about like, maybe she was involved in some sort of like a sex cult or group. Yeah. Um, Is that like a prostitution? That's, that's yeah. There, there was that mention that maybe she was a high price call girl. And that's what that was about. And yeah. that someone, it, maybe she was going to try to break out of the ring. And that's why they killed her. But oh my gosh. While you guys were chatting and I was yeah. Googling. Yeah, you know Google. Um, <laughs> there was a wealthy businessman, businessman Henry Cramroth or something like that, who who was a millionaire from Albany, and there were rumors that he um, had some was holding women against their will, and that there were orgies and whatnot happening at his place out in West Sand Lake. That's the one. Yep. Oh, yes, that you're right. Uh, Dennis, I'm glad you actually yeah. clarified that because I did yeah. read that and I forgot what the the um the name was. And you're right. Wow. How Thank how you. bizarre! Turn of the century sex cult. I mean, come on. Yeah, we think you know what? We're so we're so like stupid. We think we invented that stuff. It's been and around. That's, been going, that's been going back to you know to Egyptian times. So yeah, look, look we got to get that shit right in our head. Like you didn't invent <laughs> that stuff. <laughs> yeah, Michelle, so do you have any gut instincts or feelings? And like Katie was thinking, maybe a woman did it. Do you have anything? I felt like it was tied to, and it could have been a woman um, tied to a, a man who was she thought was taking sweeping her away, and. There was a the, the winter before she had to stay at her uncle's house because she was had a mysterious illness for like three yeah. or four months. So they think that maybe she'd had a baby or an abortion or something. Yeah. But I think it's tied to it, it's either the, the guy had someone do it for him or yeah. uh, the wife caught wind of it and met her instead of him. 
They actually yeah. said from the statement from the aunt and uncle, they never knew what the mysterious illness was, but she was there oh. over a month. Right. Wow. How would you have somebody there and you didn't know what was wrong with them? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. you had COVID. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I, I don't know that. Very, very shady in that, like, yep. wow. no one ever talked about it fully. But I got to tell you, my last coincidence with Hazel Drew. So that was the cemetery she was buried in. We saw her sweeping through my house because I'm reading this book and I get to page... 102 and it says Friday, July 17th, which is my youngest son's birthday. They interview people that live in Troy that worked at RPI along with the other guy. They are living at 21 Hawthorne Avenue. That's my house. It was Hazel's best friend who lived there and they used to visit each other. And then this is the part that blows my mind where she was a, a domestic servant. That is the house, because I used to clean houses back then. I was cleaning in that house where she lived. Come on. <laughs> it blew my mind. All of these parallel things. I'm like, why do I keep running into her energy? Oh. So I did clear her. She's no longer earthbound. Oh, wow. That's but fascinating. I'm hoping, yeah. hoping that we can, you know, finally solve this case. I did yeah. I have a client once who I was giving Reiki to, and he said, I know, I'm from Tabor, and I know who killed Hazel Drew, and he would never tell me. Oh. I think I'll send him another email, because <laughs> I think it's time. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. I bet you that it was in connection with somebody that was high-powered, if they had, mm -hmm. like, the names yeah. in the suitcase, but I'll yeah. bet you it was a woman in connection to wow. whoever her love was or who was interested in her. Michelle, yeah. growing up there was, like, I feel like Twin Peaks, I feel like the wave of Twin Peaks being coming a cult classic in the last, say, five-ish years, five, ten years, maybe, has kind of reinvigorated a lot. So to me, it's it, not having grown up in that area, it feels like this is just starting to be spoken about again since the time it actually happened. But for you growing up in there, was it like a big thing everybody talked about when you were living in, uh, on Taberton? Um, well, when I lived in Taberton Mountain, I was an adult. Um, the stories that I heard as a child, that was more in Averill Park on, on Burden Lake. And yeah. do you remember how we used to do Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary? Oh, how yeah. Yes. That, that scary stuff. That's when we talked about Hazel Drew. That's when the oh. stories were repeated. They were scary ghost stories. Yeah. And about how you could listen, you could hear her screaming in the woods. Oh. So mm. that's, you know, so, oh. and that's how I knew who she was. I knew her name. But I, the circumstances that really, and then I experienced her, you know, my horse wanted to go to her grave. Right. <laughs> I worked where she worked, you know, she visited where yeah. I lived and um, it's just weird parallels that I was never able to wow. put in the Crooked Lake house, you know, leave me alone in the bathroom, please. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's fascinating um, to have a, um, a story like that. And again, doesn't come on your radar you're you're we're so focused on so many other things yeah. right. it's so fully evolved um you know I listen to you know podcasts all the time yeah um right now my current favorite um that I'm listening to is murder with my husband and oh. um, it's a really cute husband and wife and um they do they emphasize or highlight um different cases 
And um, it fascinates me that when there are ones that are close to here that I've never heard of, like, yeah. you know, that from the even New York area that you're like, I never even heard of that. What's funnier to me is if I bring it up to my mom, because I talk to my mother every morning mm-hmm. and, um, <laughs> and I, so I'll call her and I'll say like today, I told her that we were doing this. My mother knew the case. Oh, she did. My mother grew up in Red Hook, which is south of, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Albany area. But my mother knew the uh, right away knew the case, and she wow. actually was able to talk about some of the facts. And I was like, wow. "Oh, I better go do a little research." <laughs> my mother knows about this, and she's like, "Oh, she, of course, she never listens to the podcast, so that's why I can say dirty words." But, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, I'd love to know what you get on that." But it's it it just is if people grew up in this area, yeah. the things that they know. As well as, I think I've told Michelle before, especially, I've been at homes where um, retired detectives have been, and I'm there to do a reading for the wife, and they might not have any belief in um, psychic ability, but then when they realize that I've worked on cases, they literally will walk out and they'll start to talk to me about cases like this. Yeah. That in my head, I'm like, I've never heard of this. And they're like, yeah, it's a yeah. cold case. It, it happened while I was there. The only thing we found was a shoe, like in one of the areas. So it's it, that's to me when you when you hear those stories it's like wow that's another weird thing that you you said finding the shoe by the pond neatly folded were um was her hat and like maybe an overcoat and her gloves were laid like very carefully on top of the hat oh that's crazy so what's that about yeah right that's weird so it's like careful i mean did she do that was it you know it's just there's so many weird things read the book and watch the the docu the documentary docu drama if you because there's just so many things because we got the book and my husband's law enforcement's like yeah we'll figure this out nope (laughs) (laughs) well again jules thank you so much again oh my gosh thank you thank you it's always interesting when you come on and come on with the different information so we'll have to maybe we'll take a road trip and we'll go to that cemetery together yes let's do it i I love that um, area too get that right okay great are yeah. we talking about where Hazel's buried or where the, the, the burn? Hazel, went? that would be cool too. Oh, or Hazel, going to yeah. the, okay, the, the, we're all talking. Yeah, let's do both. <laughs> we can use our ghost boxes and, and see what else crazy, other crazy stuff we can get. All right. Well, everybody, thank you again thank for you tuning so in. Much. And thank, thank you, you Jules, for having, uh, for, be, for having us, for being on. <laughs> and um, Dee, thank you again for doing all that you do for us. Thank and Michelle, you, as being my sidekick and my friend and a wonderful co-host. And thank again, so everybody, please continue to share us, like us, subscribe, and send us suggestions. We love it. And we love hearing back. Love just told my mom the story about how um, we've all been in different places and somebody will say, I know who you are. And I think they're going to say, oh, you're, you're Katie the Psychic. And they'll say, I listen to your podcast. Yes. And I'm always so excited. I'm like, oh my God, thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, we scare them. We get so excited. <laughs> yeah, I get so happy. So again, thanks everybody. And, thank and you. please stay well. Thank you. Bye.